Ethos point number one, tenet one, be unapologetically male. Right? I have zero apologies about being men, being a man, despite all the horrible shit men have done in the world. And yet what turns me on and attracts me is a woman who can stand right in front of me and say, oh, no, no, I am unfucking apologetically a woman. I love everything about being a woman, no matter what her hobbies, business, age, social status, any of that shit goes right out the window. It's just that look and that statement and where it comes from. Does she own her heart? She own her mind. She own her body. She own the power of her sexuality. It doesn't mean she has to be this, you know, unfallible goddess being who never gets insecure and isn't human. But does she first own it and then work from a place of ownership? Your lifelong passions, dreams, and aspirations. Your joys and creative spurs. Your femininity. Your success. All in one place. This is Girl Skill with your host, Anna Rova. Hello, Girl Skill listeners, and welcome to another awesome episode of Girl Skill Podcast. You know what? This might be one of my favorite men that I have talked to on this podcast. If you're new to the podcast, welcome and know that this is not a regular episode. A regular episode is when I talk to a woman about femininity and female success and how to redefine it all. But this is very special because my guest, Traver Boehm, is a part of a special segment I decided to release and interview men about masculinity, masculine leadership, and how do we deal with all of this. And so, why I love Traver is, first of all, because we're on the same page. He read The Way of the Superior Man a lot of times, and he speaks raw, he speaks direct, and I feel like he speaks in the way that we need um, to be spoken to today. And I just loved it. Like, I had so much fun. We couldn't couldn't stop talking. I had to stop because I had another interview. But this guy is truly amazing. Uh, I know I say this about every man, but particularly this man. I feel because he has gone through so much shit in his life and has dealt with it all and came out on the other side being so true to himself, knowing his message and standing strong being unapologetically male and loving masculinity that now he teaches other men how to do this. So I couldn't find an official bio for him, but I can tell you from my research and everything that he's written about. So basically, I'll, I'll read something that I found on another site. Traver Bohm is the leader of the uncivilized men's movement. How about that? I feel like all women well, us women, at least, if you're listening to this podcast, you might be craving some uncivilized men. Maybe you're tired of the civilized men who are trying to play nice. And, you know, like I hear these men that are like trying to be nice and trying to understand all the female experience and the movement and all of this. And tr like, this is repulsive to me. You know, I want men who are honest, who are raw and who are saying, I understand that there are pigs out there, but I'm not one of them. And I'm not a misogynist and I love women and I support women, but I am a man and I am different. And so this guy says it how it is. And I freaking love it. It's almost like he's me, but a male. 
Woo. So he coaches, leads, writes, speaks, and trains men in the art of connection to self. And Trevor actually was a bodyguard, was an MMA fighter. He was an acupuncturist. He's gone through a traumatic experience where I think in a week his wife left him. They'd gone through miscarriage before that. His business partner left him. And then this guy went on a journey to say, how would I live if this was my last year of my life. And thus he went on a crazy experience. And he spent 28 days in solitary confinement, pretty much in the dark in Guatemala. And so he talks a lot on other interviews about that experience. And he had to rebuild himself from scratch. And I feel like people who have gone to the depths of despair and then have come out of it with a lot of stories to tell, which is hilarious, but also with knowing who they are, are the best people to do this kind of work. And I love his website. So if you go to menuncivilized.com and his Instagram is full of raw, authentic things. And I love how he said in the interview that he actually doesn't like the word vulnerability. And I also don't. I feel like Brene Brown is amazing, but I feel like this word is thrown around so many times and has become, I don't even know what vulnerability, I mean, I know, but it's like, like, I don't feel it anymore. So Shaky actually talks about how men don't need to be vulnerable. They just need to be honest and how to get in touch with the feelings in the right way as a masculine man. So if you go to menuncivilized.com, that's his book, Men Uncivilized, that I highly recommend that you order and read. But if you look through the, okay, so check this out. His blog posts are called, I'm just going to read the pictures are amazing. Okay, so his, some of his blog posts are, uh, the men are not all right either. Carpe dick pic, uh, war and peace, head, hearts and balls, the lost art of giving a fuck, hashtag not me. Obviously, this is like an explicit episode. What no one tells men about sex. I love you is dead. Weak men are dangerous men. I hope it hurts. Got balls? Use them. The male animal credo. You're not sorry. How you fuck your woman is how you fuck the world. Anyways, I could keep going, but I think you get my point. And so... What we talked with Trevor about was hilarious. Like I laughed all my way through because he uses the power of story really well. We talked about what he finds attractive in a woman, a woman who is unapologetic about her femininity, just the way he and the whole movement of uncivilized men is unapologetic about masculinity. We talk about, you know, what masculinity actually really is and the two main questions that all men need to ask themselves today. We talk about shadow masculinity and how this develops and what can we do about it and how the most upsetting thing to a man is actually upsetting the feminine, how most, the most devastating thing to a man is upsetting the feminine. And we talk about wounds that men have and, and how they are not allowed to talk about it and how they don't talk about it and how the best way for a man to heal his wounds is actually to be in the presence of other men and to vulnerably talk about that. And we talk about many, many other things, including how women can actually guide their men or help their men get to a place where they are unapologetically masculine. So stay until the end because uh, Trevor will share with us all of these tips and amazing knowledge and how you can find his book and find him online. All right. Enjoy. I'm sure you're going to love it. So I'm just going to shut up and let you listen. All right. Girl Skill. Female success redefined. All right, Girl Skill listeners, today I have a really special man. All the men are special, but this one is extra special. Hi, Trevor. Welcome to Girl Skill. Thank you for that intro. (laughs) 
Well, Trevor, uh, you're very special because when I asked you on your application, what would you like to talk about? What are you passionate about? Here's what you wrote. I like to talk about speaking, sex, surfing, and peanut butter. So <laughs> we, today we're going to talk about exactly that. Yeah. I'm not sure in what order. Mm. Maybe we should start. What should we start with? Sex, surfing, or peanut butter, Trevor? I'll let you lead on this one. <laughs> That's not <laughs> I fair. I don't even remember writing that. It must have been super early with a cup of coffee. And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. These are like my three favorite topics. Let's do it. All right. Well, I also kind of stalked you and I said, so yeah. I think we were like emailing each other for a few weeks and then I got, I'm like, what is this guy doing? Why is he not booking our interview? So I'm just going to send him a last follow up. So I think you just got pissed and then booked it. <laughs> I had the time, like the time differential was, uh, and please know, uh, this will probably come out in the interview, but I just published a book. Yeah. And so the volume of energy that has come into my life since that yeah in the form of messages in the form of emails mm -hmm. in the form of phone calls in the form of people who ordered it and didn't get it in the form of people who ordered it and loved it and just want to chat mm. and random people reaching out literally just being like hey i just wanted to talk with you oh yeah yeah like, oh i understand I understand. So I really appreciate that you're here with me today because I'm like, I'm going to get this guy. I'm going to get him on yeah. an interview. So, yeah. So, so let me begin uh, with what I mentioned before. Sure. Have you ever, let's say, had sex while surfing and having peanut butter? Have you done these three things Never. together? Oh. No, I don't think I've actually had sex in the ocean. I'm not sure if biologically that would be comfortable for everybody. <laughs> I've had sex in water, but I don't know if salt water would be good. You know, I have a background in, in Chinese medicine and I'm curious if, you know, mixing different elements like that would be, I don't know. Have you? No, I mean, I, I've had, no, I have sex in, yeah. in the water, in the pool, I think, because in the pool, there's things to hold on to, like the walls, but in yeah, the yeah, ocean, yeah, you don't. True. Like the side of the boat would be weird. I'm not close to the ocean, but I mean, this sounds like a good bet. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I challenge you, Trevor. I know you're a guy who likes to be challenged. There's a lot of testosterone going on. So, you know, I challenge you that. But okay, let's get into this interview. I was super excited. Sure. I was I was researching your work and, you know, your TED Talks obviously are amazing yeah. and you're doing so many things and your book has come out, Uncivilized Men. Is that correct? Uh, Man Uncivilized. Man Uncivilized. And you know, when I heard your interviews on other podcasts, and when you mentioned you've read David Data twice, I was like, oh my mm -hmm. God, he's my guy. So mm -hmm. I'm in love with the way of the superior man. Brilliant. And, you know, my, my whole work and my message to women is is based on that. And also another book called Women Who Run With The Wolves. And oh, yeah. yeah, so the combination of this is really what moves me and drives me forward. And so, okay. Trevor, I have one question for you. We're going to begin with a question I ask all men on the show. And that is, sure. what do you find attractive in a woman? Ooh, that's such a juicy question. And I don't want it to, to make it vague. Mm. But it truly comes down to her sense of self, right? So it's, remember, I, there's like a cliche that, you know, no one looks sexy in a bikini. It's how they wear it. Mm. And to me, that is the most attractive thing about a woman is her sense of confidence in her own femininity, in her own power, and in her own ability to carry both. Mm. And I say that as someone who's also classically American, like I love the female figure. Like uh, you guys just are built 
like no other thing on earth. Like, I fucking lo- am I allowed to swear? I'm sorry. Yes, please. All right. Uh, fucking love the female body, and yet there is nothing more intoxicating than a woman who owns her own feminine power. It's alluring, and it's like it's beyond seductive. Because seduction has an element, I think, of not manipulation, but I know when I'm be- I know the difference between when I'm being seduced and when I'm someone is seducing me and doesn't even know it. Mm. And the second, the being seduced without even knowing it, is just this, it's I get to relax. She's relaxed. It's this holy crap, this kind of energy exchange back and forth cannot be contrived. Because the contrivance of it would take away from it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. It, well, it does make sense to me. Uh, but could you unpack that for us in terms of like, what do you mean by confidence in her own femininity? At least here in the US, I run into so many women, and I understand why, and we can unpack why, but it's pretty clear why, who have conflict around their own femininity. Mm around their power as women, as who they are as women. Do they want to be mothers? Do they own their sexuality? Are they comfortable in their body no matter what size that is? Are they comfortable being women in the world? Are they trying to be men? Have they really delved into whatever work they have to do to truly unpack what society has handed them, which is a lot of the conflict? And what is their own relationship to themselves as women? Are they unapologetically women? Maybe that's the easiest way to say it in a standard form, in like a palatable format. Are they unapologetically feminine? Mm-hmm. Right. The first piece of my book is an ethos for men. And it said, number one, ethos point number one, tenet one, be unapologetically male. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? I have zero apologies about being men, being a man, despite all the horrible shit men have done in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yet, what turns me on and attracts me is a woman who can stand right in front of me and say, oh, no, no, I am unfucking apologetically a woman. I love everything about being a woman. No matter what her hobbies, business, age, social status, any of that shit goes right out the window. It's just that look and that statement and where it comes from. Does she own her heart? She own her mind. She own her body. She own the power of her sexuality. It doesn't mean she has to be this, you know, unfallible goddess being who never gets insecure and isn't human. But does she first own it and then work from a place of ownership? Yeah, I should. You know what, Trevor? I should just talk to you every day because this is exactly what I write about. And this is exactly what I'm banging on about in my writing and in my podcast. I had no idea this is how you're going to start. So this is like <laughs> that's right off the cuff. I'm probably going to think about it now for the next eight hours and be like, shit, I could have said that a lot differently. But that's the gut level truth. No, it's beautiful. And I love that we're having this conversation. And, and that's what I, I feel it in my own body because I've been on my journey mm-hmm. of, you know, trying to push all the time and be a workhorse and be a man and compete and all of that. And one day I woke up, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not a workhorse. I'm in a female body. It doesn't work like that. And then my second wave of transformation happened when I got pregnant and then I couldn't do shit. And then I was like, where is feminism and uh, my empowerment now when I can't do anything and my husband has can work, you know? So, right. and that's why I'm so passionate about this subject because today it seems like 
where is everything going? You know, and then uh, I, I think like I'm, I'm almost like your other half traver where I'm working with women in that regard of own, own your femininity, own your womanhood. Yeah. There is so much power and so much depth and so much joy and bliss when you finally embrace it, when you finally realize that being a woman is fucking awesome, especially today. Like there's so much opportunity out there. There's so much choice. And yet... And yet all we hear in the media or on social media is that women are victimized and oppressed. And I just I just don't stand for that. I'm like, what are you talking about? I mean, I understand yeah. that there are uh, for sure there are a bunch of asshole men out there, but I don't believe that that's generally the case. And, you know, I believe in the good of men and I see good men around. And of course, I know that it's all in my mind and in my energy. And if I feel and see only oppression and pigs around me, then that's what I'm going right. to see. And so that's why you're here with me today. So I wanted to bring, I usually interview women about femininity and success, <laughs> but I wanted to bring in men to hear from men because this bullshit idea about, oh, men just need to listen and not talk. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, how is that, how is that even fair? How is that? possible and so um that's why you're here today trevor and thanks for okay. sharing that with us because i love to bring men who are so strongly standing in their masculine and not apologizing for it that's what's yeah. attractive to me um and that's what it still is attractive to women i'm like this is still yes. happening like this is a thing and will always be a thing because that's why we procreate and create babies exactly. that survive like there's no other way. Sorry, I get so passionate about this. I'm it's interviewing okay. you here. I'm, I'm loving listening to you. Go for it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, so okay. So, Trevor, I have a few more questions for you, and then we sure. we'll dive into you know the uncivilized man and the primal sure. versus divine masculine. Mm. So let's talk about you a little bit. And okay. my next question is: Do you consider yourself successful, and why? It's another juicy question. I do. And the asterisk is I haven't reached anywhere close to where I want to be. So I have a mission and I've written this down. I've said it publicly a number of times. My mission is to change the way a million men express their masculinity. That's a million. That's a massive, massive number. And yet I chose that because I believed when I did that, I would have reached a tipping point with men. And that would shift the collective understanding of masculinity. And so I haven't come within a country mile of that yet. Mm. And yet I have two TED Talks, two published books, a coaching practice that is busier than I know what to do with. I'm hiring employees. Every day I have people reaching out, asking to be a part of this. And, and I'm, I'm having to leverage my own talent and leverage other people's talent. So yes, by all stretches of the imagination, I have to acknowledge that I am successful. Mm. And... I want to do so much more on such a grander scale that I want to just build on that success. Mm, beautiful. Thank you. And what's your uh, biggest fear, Trevor? Truthfully is that somehow I will screw this up. Mm. And I combat that fear by reminding myself that I didn't create this and it is just moving through me. And I wrote half of the 80% of that book in a trance. I wrote the book, the first draft of it in six weeks. I was crying through half of it. It was this extraordinary emotional experience that I don't think was, it's not, wasn't my brain, right? It wasn't me being like, I know, I'll write this chapter on this. It just literally, I sat down, took a deep breath and boom, hmm. thousands and thousands and thousands of words came out of me. Hmm. And yet I'm still human. And so I, 
question myself, like, am I going to do something to fuck this up? Am I going to make a wrong move with the business? Am I going to hire someone? Is the messaging going to change? What happens if tomorrow people stop relating to the way I'm writing? I write very raw. I write on some level quite abrasively. And what is the fine line of turning people off because they're not ready for the message Mm -hmm. and turning people on because they're so ready for the message? And that is quite the act, Anna, of surrender versus sovereignty. Mm. I go through this too. And sometimes, like, I'm curious to talk to you on a professional level. I'm sure listeners would Mm -hmm. appreciate it in terms of, you know, basically, I'm, I'm like the flip side doing this with women. No books yet and no TED Talks yet, but this is coming in the future. I already have an idea. But, I'm, you know, I, I listen to people who are quite successful in their, so let's say they're an international, you know, published author and they do trainings. And I really look up to them as leaders, let's say. Mm-hmm. And when I hear them talk about, you know, things like, oh, femininity is something that's a construct and you don't need to be more feminine. It's just a matter of, you know, this is all kind of a social thing. And so it's kind of when I hear ideas that are contradictory to what I feel in my body and I know what my experience is in terms of, let's say, polarity in the relationship, not only in the bedroom, but also mm-hmm. in a marriage and in a family that I live mm-hmm. every day. When, so when I hear it from people that I deeply respect and admire, I start questioning myself, my message, my experience. I'm like, am I on the right path? Is this all true? Mm-hmm. But then yet again and again, from my own experience, for all of the women that are messaging me and I'm coaching, I get a reassurance. Yes, this is the right mm-hmm. path. So I'm wondering, are you dealing with that too somehow? Am I dealing with the questioning of whether I'm teaching something that's a construct? Yeah, like, do you feel like some, because you mentioned, you know, where's that fine line between turning someone on, turning someone off, I guess Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. in terms of your audience. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we polarize our audiences. And I've made peace with that, because I'm like, if it's not for you, that's fine. I'm not here to convince you of anything. If you resonate, you resonate. But have you have you talked or like, have you heard people that you admire and respect in your field, maybe who are working with men who are not on the same page, who are like, Traver, no, you know, men need to be more vulnerable and they don't need to stand in their masculinity that because it's talk like yeah how do you deal with that i follow my gut Mm. and and here's kind of the smart ass answer is you know what what else is a construct gravity (laughs) but then i just drop something in front of them and i walk away and i get back to doing my work Uh, right and and i believe in my work a hundred percent and i also god bless a lot of other people who are out there in the same space Mm. I don't believe in their message. And I say, your message is watered down and it's weak and I'm sorry, it's not effective. Mm -hmm. And if it was as effective as mine, I wouldn't have people flocking to me in the way that I do. And I wouldn't have people flocking to me in the way that I do saying, I've read every other book out there and none of it made sense. It sounded like a bunch of whitewashed bullshit. And then I found you and you actually speak like someone I can relate to. Mm -hmm. And I know that those same people who I'm disagreeing with have massive audiences who do agree with them. Mm -hmm. I say, great, we're all working towards the same end. We're just all pitching different flavors. I've had a number of people message me specifically and say, I can't follow your page anymore. Your language is too bad. Mm. I'm like, good. Go wherever the fuck you're going and get after it. Mm -hmm. Right? I'm not the right guy for you. If, If you're missing the juice 
of what I'm saying because I dropped a couple F-bombs, then, then I'm not the right guy for you. Right, yes. Mm-hmm. Right? I write raw because I want to slap people in the face. And no offense, I'm not really worried about you leaving my page. I'm worried about the guy in Ohio who's going to wake up tomorrow morning and he's going to either look for my book or he's going to look for a gun. Mm. That's the guy I'm interested in. I give a shit a lot more about his opinion than some dude on Instagram whose panties are all in a twist because I use the F word. So, so yeah, yeah, that's that's brilliant. So how, like, you know, all the women listening because we have a female audience and I guess mm-hmm. for everyone, what would you say, like, how do we choose between, how do we distinguish? Because, you know, you open up Instagram, there's like thousands of people who are doing some sort of a, you know, who have a message and so on and so on. Right. It's it's bombarding yeah. us everywhere and of it's course. overwhelming. So how do we choose between, like, how do we know that this is the guy who has integrity, but this mm-hmm. is the guy who's just, you know, slapping something together to make some money or is pretending to be, you know, a male leader or knows what ma- real masculinity is? Mm, I think there's a gut feeling in it, especially for women, Mm. that you have such highly nuanced senses of radar and intuition that if I can look at a guy's page talking about masculinity and instantly, instinctively feel like, oh my God, you're just writing this to get laid, or you're just actually writing this for women, you're not writing this for men, then I don't think women will have a hard time with it. Right. There's absolute basics that you can look on for like a social media basic. Someone has a hundred thousand followers and three people are commenting on what they're writing. Mm. Either their writing's not very good or they're in, they're, they have a fake audience. They just bought their audience or they're just not engaging. And to me, the sign of a good leader, especially in a social media space or a social space is getting engaged with. And that's both people are agreeing, saying, oh my God, I've never thought of this this way. And people are also disagreeing and saying, hey, I don't believe in this. And then how does that person react? Hmm. Like I let people argue on my stuff all the time. I let people tell me I'm flat out wrong all, all the time. And I've had other social media people be like, oh, you should delete that. It doesn't look good on your page. Like, no, I'm just gonna leave it. If no one hates what I do, no one loves what I do. If I'm trying to actually shift masculinity, I'm going to upset a lot of people. Mm -hmm. People who believe in the way it is now, it's working for them. People who are terrified of what the new iteration could be. Or people who are just so angry and for good reason and not good reason that I'm actually just working with men. I get all of it and I get this huge Mm -hmm. different flavors of upset. And go, okay, cool, beautiful, thanks so much. I'm back, and guess what? I'm back on my path. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm going to keep doing. Here's what I'm going to keep doing. Here's what I'm going to keep doing. Right. And yeah. it's because you, just like you, there's thousands of references a week of both men and women saying, oh, this is what I've been waiting for. And, and r- truly, I created it in this fashion, yes, because of my background, Right? I'm a professional MMA fighter who also meditated and then went to acupuncture school. I know how to mix the masculine and feminine. I've lived in the most male-dominant environments on earth. I was a bodyguard with elite military guys, and I wasn't in the military. But I got indoctrinated into that world of the highly alpha male world. And then spent four years in grad school with 
hundreds of women who had crystals all over their desks and were talking about their chakras and everything was about, you know, the heavens and the divine. And so I took those two experiences. And then when I went out and looked in the male world, and this was five years ago, I couldn't find anybody who I could resonate with because what I found was, here's how you become a Navy SEAL. Or here's how you become, no offense, like a fluffy, over-spiritually bypassing fruitcake. Mm. And I didn't want either one. And I knew when I first read Way of the Superior Man, I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And yet I was a graduate of acupuncture school. I was a meditator. Yet it still didn't grab me. It still didn't make sense. And so my message isn't for the guy who picks up Way of the Superior Man and goes, oh, this makes perfect sense to me. My message is really for the guy who's going to read that book next, but doesn't even know he needs it. I want to be the bridge between those two worlds. And and oddly enough, for whatever reason, that's the position I just got thrust into. Mm, yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. Well, let's talk about masculinity and your mission. Sure. So your mission is quite bold, as you mentioned. You know, you want to change the way one million men express yeah, their masculinity. So yeah. I guess we can begin with what is masculinity and what's wrong with how men are expressing it today? Masculinity to me is just, it's a universal energy. If I go back to gravity, right? I drop my glass, it falls. If I look at like what is actual masculinity across most cultures, this is the way I describe it to men. And this perhaps in a story form will help help people get to wrap their heads around it. And I said this this weekend, this past week, I was teaching a workshop with a bunch of men and women and said, okay, stop right here. Innately, and, and yes, we have to take environment and upbringing into account when we think of this, but there's 18 of us in this house. If right now we heard gunshots outside and people started banging on the door, Mm. what is our innate reaction to that? Is it that all the guys run downstairs and surround the kids and all the women run to the doors (laughs) and are ready to go to battle? Oh God, no, it gives me chills. Nope. Right. Is it that? And, Mm. or is that just environment? Is that just socialized? Mm -hmm. I just don't think it's socialized. Right? I think it's innate in us to be like, huh? Danger? I'll go get that. Right? Or I'll go protect. I will, that's what my body wants to do when there's danger. And so that's to me what is natural about masculinity. It is protective. It is provisional. It's providing. I want to go out and bring something home. I want to hold space and be calm and grounded for my partner. That's innately in me, I believe, right? Now, here's the challenge with masculinity. That's just the old way, that scenario that I just Mm -hmm, pictured. mm -hmm. What needs to be added to it, and then I'll get into what's, let's say, quote, wrong with it. This is what it's missing. That's the primal. What's missing is then what happens when all those people leave? What happens with the guys with the guns disappear? We win the war and they're all whatever, they're disarmed. Now, what do we do? oh, now we actually have to sit around and go, are you okay? Because I don't think you're okay because I just watched you kill kill a guy. Are you okay? Because you just watched your buddy get gored. Are you okay saying that that was really scary and awful and you don't want to do it again? Okay, cool. What do we need to do to get that out of our, our biological systems? Do we need to cry? Okay, cool. Let's do it together because that was really awful and I feel like I need to cry. Okay, good. 
let's do that. Right. So I can break my entire mission, my entire movement, the entire book, like everything that I do every day down into two questions for men. Are you leading or being led? Both are fine as long as they're conscious. Are you leading or being led is question one. Question two, what are your wounds and what are you doing to heal them? So what's missing or what's wrong or what's challenged, let's say, about masculinity today is that because we haven't done the second part, the what are your wounds and what are you doing to heal them, most men are expressing their masculinity through the shadow, through anger, through violence, through aggression, through dominance, and dominance being the dirty part of dominance, not the, okay, cool, you can tie me up part, the <laughs> the shadow side of dominance, right? Through greed, through violation of sexual boundary and consent, all the shit that we read about in the paper. Mm -hmm. And because that's, because we haven't dealt with our trauma and our wounds, that's what we do. And then society looks at those actions and goes, oh, masculinity bad. Masculinity equals rape, murder, violence, domestic violence, war, greed, killing the planet, all the things. That's masculinity when it's not. It's the shadow version. And so until we start to address trauma, and this is on men too, until men go, oh, wow, I'm really hurt. I need to go talk to somebody. And then have another dude sit in front of them and be like, it's cool. I'm hurt too. Let's talk about it. And perhaps that necessitates a societal shift, which I'm trying to do, but it also necessitates some skill. Like, how do we have this conversation? Until we get there, we're going to deal, we're going to continue to have this broken version of masculinity or this, let's say it, incomplete version of masculinity that then gets vilified. And the vilified version of masculinity diminishes what is natural and inherent, which makes it even more watered down and confusing. Now, when there's bad guys at the door knocking, everybody's looking at each other. Like, I don't know, you're, you're, you're in light, you're a feminist, go, go deal with it. Yeah, that. there's equality here. Who's going right? to tackle this? Yeah, like, go deal with it. Oh, you're pregnant? Well, you know what? Like, you still got to work because 50-50, right? Yeah. Oh, and so our roles have gotten really confused. That's, that's a whole separate conversation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But that to me, like, this is, that's what masculinity is. And that's what I want it to become. And when I've actually said that to guys, like, oh yeah, you're, wow. You know what? That, that actually sort of makes some sense. And if we look historically, right, I, I wrote this in the book that when my grandfather was about to storm Normandy, the beach in World War II, no one was like, hey, how do you feel, man? Hey, get tap back into that. Well, oh, you're scared right now. I get it. Yeah, don't do it. Don't follow your, follow your bliss, follow your feelings. And when he came back and was all fucked up from all the stuff that he saw, there was no mental health awareness. It was, oh, by the way, build the infrastructure of the country. And then here in America, when my dad, he raised my dad, when my dad was of age, it was, hey, go to war or go to, go to jail, go to Vietnam or go to jail. And then those guys came home and depression in men wasn't even recognized as in the DSM till the 80s, I believe. There wasn't a national conversation. Wait a minute, men get depressed? So we just had these shadow outlets. And now there's an awakening of guys of my generation looking at our fathers and going, oh, oh, I can't do that. I can't just drink my problems away. I actually have to engage with women at the skill level 
that women have developed of being in relationship. Otherwise, I will get divorced. I know this because I got divorced. And then 80% of male suicides are after a divorce or a breakup. So we, we kind of know, like, oh, you know what? We just look around and go, wow, we're killing ourselves a lot. We're killing other people a lot. Shit, it's now in the newspaper if we sexually harass someone. Man, we better deal with these things, which is why I think we're seeing this massive cropping up of what needs to, men's groups, men's movements. Like they're, they're, they're coming, they're cropping up all over the place. It's cool to be in a men's group now. It's all awesome. <laughs> great for me. Yeah. And I'm so thankful to the guys who were doing this before me that when it wasn't cool, who were getting made fun of, were like, this is stupid. You bunch of pansies, what are you sitting in the woods banging drums naked? Which, you know, sometimes may still happen. (laughs) (laughs) It's a whole conversation. Anyway, I hope that answered your question without getting on too much of a soapbox. Oh my God. It it answered everything. You know, I just hear you speak and I and I don't want to interrupt you because you just you just keep giving, Trevor. You're just answering all of my questions that are already in my mind. You're like this channel who's across the internet, you know. No, just knows what I'm going to ask, what I'm interested in. But I just want to comment on what you said. I mean, you unpacked a lot, right? But I think you beautifully explained this confusion where men are today. And, and I think it's so beautiful that you are giving permission to men, to feel men, to feel that there's nothing wrong with their masculinity. And, you know, today I hear some men, even our friend circle sometimes, or I read it online where they're like, I feel that that guy is succumbing to the women who are very loud about guys, mm-hmm. about telling guys to shut up. And when I yeah. see that, I immediately distrust him and I immediately disrespect him. And I'm like, exactly. do not succumb to that because what women are doing now, they're challenging you and testing you like never before. And when I see, you know, when I hear a man like you speak and other men I interview on the show, it almost like rebuilds my trust. Mm. And that's why I want to tell women with this interview and show women that there are good men out there. And in fact, I truly believe they are in the majority. Some of them are just mm-hmm. confused and thus, you know, they're they're looking for a book from you or for your message, Traver. But I love what you said also in terms of generationally, like understanding mm-hmm. what happened and that men, you know, I interviewed Warren Farrell uh, yesterday. I'm sure you're mm-hmm. familiar with his work yeah. where he was saying, you know, men were just being disposable and nobody really talks yeah. about that today. I mean, look at like, okay, women don't even talk about this. And so no. just understanding what has happened and how do we come here? And I love, I love your two questions. So maybe we can dive a little bit deeper into those. Sure. You know, so the first one you said, are you leading or being led? Mm-hmm. And I wrote an article, which is one of my most popular ones, which is called Let Him Lead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. women find this and message me and they're like, oh, my God, this is awesome. I want to let him lead. And so when they yeah. discover this in them, they're like, I want to be led as a woman. And, and they're not seeing this as inequality, but actually they mm-hmm. want to play this role and they want to surrender. So tell me more about this question. I'm very curious. I want to couch this first, and and this isn't an apology. I have surrounded myself with extraordinarily strong, powerful, capable women. And I know so many of them who are just fucking rock stars in the external world, in the outer world. And they too tell me, 
when I come home, I want to shut the door and I want to surrender. I want to be led when I get home. I want a guy to plan the date. I want him to sweep me off my feet. I want him to take over in the bedroom. I don't say that out loud because I will get shamed for it by other women. So I too, and, and trust me, I have an a Instagram inbox that is flooded with these kinds of messages daily of, oh my God, where do I find a guy to lead? How can I get my guy to lead? My guy won't lead. What do I do? And we can look at societally why we are where we are, or we can just say to guys, it is in your natural energy to lead. It does not mean that it's not in some women's natural energy to lead. And if it's in their natural energy to lead, please lead. And if it's not in your natural energy to lead, please don't. Be authentic to who you are. And so when I say lead or be led, both are okay. What it requires is a level of consciousness of you saying, hey, this is actually who I am. And in this area, this is what I want. So I know very powerful men who don't want to lead in the bedroom at all. I'm like, cool, then don't. But find a woman who knows that that's who you are up front and find one who does want to lead in the bedroom. Right? And the bedroom's just a, a giant microcosm, such a beautiful place to go, <laughs> oh, that's in part of your nature. Mm. And so when I tell guys, let's take a snapshot. I do this all the time with them, especially incoming clients. Like take a snapshot of your life. Where are the areas that you can see the most improvement? You can see that there's potential for most improvement. Those are the areas most likely you're not leading in. Mm. Oh, you're not making enough money. What are you doing about that? Are you taking accounting courses? Are you reading books on the weekend? Is your obsession finance? Is your obsession personal finance? Is it entrepreneurship? Oh, it's nothing. So you don't look at your checking account at all, ever. It sounds like you're letting money lead you. So it's not only related to women, it's in general, every other area of your life. Mm. Literally every other area of your life. But most often, right, the troubles they come to me for or their, their partners call me for is because it's happening in the relationship. And what has happened is in the beginning, they might have been leading or in the beginning, their partner was actually insecure and scared. So she led. And he allowed her to lead, or he was a nice guy in quotes, right? And I'll just share it. Like, this was my challenge. I grew up with a very violent feminist mother and two <laughs> extraordinarily violent feminist older sisters who were significantly larger than me until I was a late bloomer. And so my way of relating to women was just do whatever you have to do to not upset them. The worst thing in the world is the upset feminine. Now imagine dating me. Imagine marrying me at that point. It's like whatever, whatever you need, whatever turns you on, turns me on. Whatever makes you happy, makes me happy. But what do I have to say? What, how many lies? I don't care what I have to do right now to make you not unhappy. I'll do it. How safe would you have felt with me? Not safe at all. Of course, how could you, I actually feel so, so heartfully for my ex-wife? And I wasn't being authentic to who I was. So what do I have to do? I have to stuff that down with a bunch of drugs and alcohol, which I'd see with men all the time. And so if we have this backwards relationship 
where if you're my partner and you want to lead, you want to be led and I'm your partner and I want to lead, but I'm terrified of leading because I don't want to upset you. And part of leadership is dealing with being upset. And you're terrified of actually leaning back into your surrender because that makes you weak as a woman. You can't do that. Or otherwise, why did we have feminism? Then we're both just fucking each other and we're both miserable. And this is something I say to guys all the time. There's a single word that I have heard from women over and over and over and over when I ask them, how does it feel when your partner, your male partner, doesn't lead and then puts you in the state of being in your your masculine? And they all use this word, repulsed. And repulsion, that's, that's not like, I don't know, not happy. Repulsion's a strong word. Repulsion energy is get the fuck away from me. I'm disgusted with you right now. That's repulsion. And so that's the subtext underneath. That's like what the swimming in the waters underneath our relationship. Then how are our conversations going to be about finances? How are our conversations going to be about our kids? How is our sex life going to be? It's going to be a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, well, my follow-up question here, I want to talk about the wounds, um, Trevor, because mm-hmm. you mentioned something, sure. I'm very curious about them, but I guess my, my follow-up question here real quick is, it's very strange that we're talking about the subject of men leading and especially in relationship, but in their life where we live in postmodern feminist times. So, and I know what you're talking about when you say women mm-hmm. would hear this and be like, we would get a lot of backlash. So... I guess for you, it's, I mean, for both of us, I mean, I know how to deal with these women now. I say, you know, if this is not for you, that's fine. This is, this is for women who realize that there is a different way, but I'm curious, like with men, how do you actually get them? So I guess you somehow get them convinced. So it's weird because we women, like we have been all, you know, going to the back of dawn of times or whatever. We actually pretend that we want equality but we actually don't want equality in, in, in terms of gender roles. And, and we inherently understand that we can't be men, but we're trying to be men and we're trying to fight for the 50-50. Another article that I wrote about the 50-50. And so it's weird. And men are confused like they are probably all the time. They're like, do you actually mean what you say? Probably not. Because I sit here and bang about equality, but I want you to take me and to ravish me and throw me down against the wall and make love to me, you know? So it's, it's strange. It's a really, it's like a paradox that women themselves are caught up in. So, truly, yeah. Truly, it is a paradox. And I believe that people want equality of law, mm-hmm. right? We want equality in the legal sense. I'm sorry, but as a 195 pound man, <laughs> I am physically different than most women my age. In a gym, in a, on a pull-up bar, on a wrestling mat, we're not equal. And you know what? I'm not equal to the guy who played in the NFL. I'm sorry, equality is a bit of a misnomer physically and biologically. It shouldn't be legally. E- legally, it's like, yep, I can't do that. That's illegal. Men and women. I can't do illegal shit to you and be like, ah, oh, but she's a woman and have it turn out the other way. So I understand what feminism was fighting for. And I'm so grateful for it as someone who has a mother, two sisters, and female friends in the legal sense. But I think the biological sense, it's a misnomer. We are not physically equal. 
And I can't create there under no circumstances, no matter what, how many movements, how many marches and signs people and pink hats and shit. And if I did it the opposite of how many men's marches we had, I can never give birth to a child. So we're just going to have to stand on something and say, like, maybe we're just not equal. Hmm. And we all have our gifts and we all have our talents. and We all have our strengths and our weaknesses. And that's why we're meant to come together. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's confusing. Right. And I think the pendulum swung from, hey, we need these legalities to the definition of a successful woman is as close to a man as possible. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't work. I just don't see a lot of women who are like, yeah, I did it. I, I, I now I'm in this cutthroat business. I'm working just like my male counterparts are. I, I ignore my family. I drink to get through it. I, yeah, I'm, I'm just like one of the dudes. This is what I'm really happy with. What I wanted to say here, like I'm writing an article about this today, the idea of success for women is very different. Like, you know, well, once I'll, I'll quickly share a story. I was, in, I was in an entrepreneur's conference and uh, there were obviously 80% of guys there. And the guy, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the leader of the conference said, uh, why do you want to build that business or get to the next milestone or whatever, six figures? And one guy stood up and said, I want to leave a legacy and I want to provide mm -hmm. for my family. I want to make sure mm -hmm. that my family survives and thrives even if I'm not there. And when he said that, I was like, Oh, that's interesting. I don't think we'd hear many women talk about living a legacy or providing right. for the, you know, and this is where I inherently understood that success for a woman, yes, it might be asserting yourself out there. And for a lot of us, it is, you know, we want to succeed and we have that masculine drive, just like men have feminine drive. But I get, you know, when women come to me, they've achieved all of that and they're like, I don't know who I am anymore behind those mm -hmm. masculine, behind the masculine facade of achievement degrees, yeah. you know, push, push, push. I don't want to push anymore. I don't have the energy anymore. That's it. I'm disconnected yeah. from my cycles, from myself. I can't conceive. I can't do right. shit and I'm attracting feminine men. Like, I right. don't want that shit. So help me, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, awesome. The flip side to that is I know a number of women whose husbands are quite successful, who they were themselves were extremely successful in business, the women were, and made the decision to stop working to raise the kids. And at one point, were so grateful and blessed that, hey, this is all I need to do. Not taking away from, not even saying like all I need to, I don't have to work, I can raise my children. Mm -hmm. And yet now what are they dealing with? They're dealing with being shamed. Exactly, yeah. By other women. We're like, oh, you don't work? Wow, you're just the mom? Yeah. And I, I literally have asked all of them, how many men have said that to you? And they're like, zero. Not a single man has been like, oh, wow, you're just a mother? You don't work? And so there, there's this, there is this confusion of why are we adopting the roles that we are? And is it in our nature? Is it what we want at our deepest level? And so I'd say to both men and women, be unapologetic about what you want, but be conscious enough to dive into your own soul to say, yeah, you know what? I want to be a mom. That's what I want to be. Or for women, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be a, the CEO of the company. I want to be a rock star. I want to be a professional athlete. Whatever it is you want to do, go do it. But please take a moment to examine 
whether it's your goal, your mission, your purpose, your drive, or the one that you think you should be doing because that role has been handed to you by either society, your family, or some other factor. Or feminism. Yeah. You know, my, or, yeah, or my sister, when I gave birth to my baby, she's now nine months. My sister told me, Anna, congratulations. This is your biggest achievement. And I looked at her and then I looked at my husband and I was like, what? Like, what are you talking about? This is, it's almost back then, nine months ago, I, I heard it and I felt mm-hmm. I felt resistance and I felt like I'm being degraded, like I'm in, I'm degraded to my primal, like I'm just an animal. And then Mm -hmm. as you know, my mother instinct kicked in in the next few months. And today I can tell you, Trevor, that this is indeed my greatest Mm -hmm. achievement because when I look into her eyes and when I take care of my baby, of course, I'm a woman who loves, you know, to be intellectually stimulated and thus I'm coaching and everything. But I know that I can drop my coaching. I can drop our conversation right now and I'm going to attend to her because looking in her eyes and feeling the connection is something that I've never felt before that no job, no position, Mm -hmm. no whatever will give me. And, you know, I was, I'm breastfeeding as well. So this is, Mm -hmm. this is so raw and primal when I fully stepped into my womanhood, I'm like, this is it. And I don't give a shit about anything else. And I know that so many women feel this and then, but when they go on social media or media or whatever, they feel the pull to, Oh, no, no, no. But I need to go and work, you know, and I need to be this because if not, then somehow I'm a disgrace to whatever the women have been fighting for. And I'm like, no, you're not. If you want to be a mom, just freaking be a mom. And, and, you know, if you have a man by your side who can provide and is happy to do that, then that's that's awesome. Just do that. And that's that's what will make you happy. So thanks. Thanks for saying that. So Trevor, yeah. we can be talking for hours, but I really, <laughs> I really want to finish with uh, the wounds sure. yeah. that you mentioned. You know, your second question. So the first one was, are you being led or leading? And the second, yeah. what are your wounds and what are you doing to uh, to heal them? So if you can share with us real quick about what are some of the most um, typical or you know the the most prevalent wounds that you see in men today? And it runs the gamut, right? So I'll get a room of ten guys. And hear about sexual abuse, violence, assault, having alcoholic parents, having abandonment. It's literally the gamut of things that will absolutely bring me to tears hearing. Because, and this is why it's so hard of a conversation, and I have to sit there and breathe as softly as I can, because nine out of those 10 guys will open up by saying, you know what, guys, I've never said this out loud. And I just got chills and that breaks my fucking heart. And it breaks my heart because I know every woman that's dated that guy has felt something. And yet he couldn't say it. Every man who's worked with him has not known who he is fully. His entire life has been spent with a secret. And we say this in society, right? Like you're only as sick as your secrets. Most men I know have secrets about trauma that they're too ashamed to admit. Why wasn't I strong enough to stand up to him? Why wasn't I strong enough to stand up to her? I should have stopped it. I was eight. I was told to man up, right? I was in a 60-pound body. 
but yet somehow because I have a dick, I was supposed to man up. So it's shocking levels of, you know, you know what's shocking? It's how much sexual abuse happens to boys and doesn't get talked about at all. And those guys, they swallow it because that's the last thing they want to talk about because there's nothing more shameful. But it, it absolutely runs the gamut. And it may not be these big spikes of trauma, right? Something that massive and acute, but everybody accumulates trauma growing up. And with men, especially, and perhaps it's changing now, but in my generation and the generations just below me, there was no outlet for it. It wasn't okay to, to cry. I have a whole chapter in the book called Just Fucking Cry Already. Because, and I tell guys this, I'm like, oh, you're raising a son? Imagine if tomorrow morning you're like, hey, 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 boys don't pee. Just stop that already. Like, see how well that goes. That's kind of what we've done with, with a lot of boys and men, especially with, with emotion. And, and we're as guilty of it as, as anybody, as are a lot of guys being traumatized by their mothers or women in their lives. Like, don't fucking cry. So Trevor, how do we, how do men express emotion without going on the other side of, you know, women being repulsed by it? Because that's, that's, a, I think that's an important question because I hear a sure. lot of talk about male vulnerability and crying is okay and everything, but I'm like, uh, wait a second. I don't want my men to come home and cry all the time and like be in his feelings all the time. Like how the fuck do we do that? Mm -hmm. Beautiful question. One of my favorite things to do with women who are like, oh, I want a more vulnerable man. Mm -hmm. I ask them that. I'm like, cool. So what you're saying is that you want him to come home like twice a year and cry and share his feelings. He's like, oh, that'd be so beautiful. Like, cool. How about like maybe once a month? I'm like, oh, how about once every week? Mm, Not every so day? much. Uh -huh. Yeah. How about more often than you do? Oh, no. Like, whoa, 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 bro. I'm like, wait a minute. Didn't you just tell me you want a more vulnerable man? So where is the cutoff point? Because we're logical creatures. So is it 8.2 times a year? Like, tell me what's <laughs> two or not. And so to answer your specific question, I believe this needs to happen first and foremost with other men. Mm. So in these sacred safe containers of men's groups, of men's workshops, and I'm not pitching anything here, they go to whoever you want to, to do this. But that's a sacred bond that is coming back through the collective right now where men are realizing, wow, we used to do this, right? In some parts of the military, this is okay. Guys would cry in war and it's like, it's okay, it's war. Guys would cry after losing the championships of a game. Like, it's okay, we lost, right? Like, it's okay, that's okay. Guys, dogs would die. Like, that's international. Like, oh, that's okay, dude, you're allowed to cry if your dog died. So how do we re it's recreating this in those spaces first and foremost? So like the big dumps can happen there. The trauma can get released there. And then I think for most men, if you feel like it, if it's actually coming out and coming through you, then let it come out and come through you. But most men don't have that happen daily. Mm -hmm. We just don't. We don't have it happen weekly. And I don't think women want that from us, but intuitively, I have to believe, Anna, you know that if something traumatic happens to me and I'm your partner mm -hmm. and I just go like, no, I'm fine. Intuitively, you know, that's not right. Like, hey, you know what? Because you can read it all over the rest of my body. No, oh, I can feel it as well. You, you can yeah. feel it. Yeah. You know the words are a lie. Mm -hmm. 
And so I think that's really, I don't like the term vulnerability. And I've said this in articles, like I don't want more male vulnerability. What I want is male honesty. Mm. Vulnerability, that's, I was like, I'm a jujitsu guy. Like, the more vulnerable I am, the more often I get choked. <laughs> I don't want that. And no skies don't either. And we've been brought up with that. It's in our software. It's in our DNA to not allow to get choked. But if you ask me a question, hey, how do you feel? I'm like, man, I'm so heartbroken over that. Mm. That really fucked me up. I'm so sad. I don't know what I'm going to do about that. It's ripping my insides out. That's very different than one, I'm fine. Don't ask me again. And two, me sobbing in your lap for two weeks with a box of tissues and, and ice cream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of those three builds trust. So, so what I get from here in summary right. is that, and you're absolutely right. It's, it's, you know, so like, cause this talk about vulnerability and, you know, my husband comes home from work and I'm like, don't you feel anything during the day? Like, what are you feeling? And he just looks at me like, what are you talking about? I might have just a bad, bad day, but like, whatever, you know, it's like, I just get over it. I'm like, but you're accumulating tension and don't you want to express it? And like, but, but you're a robot, and da, 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 you know, but sometimes like when shit hits the fan, he would say something like, but it's rare. And then that's what I think inherently as a female, I don't understand because I feel a lot on a daily basis. 24 hours and i just think that he he feels this but but it's not i I think like naturally perhaps there's a kind of a a nurture in this as well but he just doesn't he's just like well it is what it is why do i have to Mm -hmm. feel about this and but sometimes he slips and he says i was just frustrated i'm like ah you feel something i know you feel something yeah (laughs) yeah and the beautiful we have to understand that our settings are different and that what has been asked of men in, the, I think, the modern movement is that we become 185-pound hairy women. And it doesn't work for us. It, we're just not that. right? No different than we all day were like, why are you so emotional? I'm not. What's wrong with you? Why don't you be more like me? Right? If we flip the question, it sounds awful, mean, and misogynistic. But yet that's the question that so often comes to men who literally say, I just didn't feel it. And that, of course, could also be indicative of the fact that they're super cut off from their feelings or that they just, we just don't feel the same things about the same, we don't have the same reaction to the same stimulus. And I will also say that more men, though, are cut off from their feelings than are just not feeling because it's cool. So we as as men have to open that door. And I, I have guys, Anna, I do this all day with them, like every hour on the hour, set an alarm, take a deep breath and go, what are three things that I feel? Because they, they literally just don't know the language. They don't know. And it's fair if no one taught you, like if I, and I use this example with women, if I slide a menu across the table to you, and it's in Chinese. And I go, tell me the three things on there that you want to eat most and why. And you're like, I don't speak Chinese. I'm like, but if you loved me, you did, you would. I speak Chinese, why don't you? And then we have to, that's the same as emotion. We go to men, we slide a menu across the table of men. It goes sad, depressed, frustrated. And they're like, I don't know what those feel like. You know what I, I have, you put angry and horny on that menu. 
I want to eat those because that's all that was ever taught to that guy. So we have to teach him. I had to learn this after my divorce. Like, oh my God, I have like 72 emotions. I can now name them. And by naming them, I get to know what they are. And by knowing what they are, I can tell my partner, I'm really frustrated right now. My frustration is making me sad. And I don't want to dump this on you, but would you mind just letting me like say this real quick? Thank you. Okay, good. And that's keeping with my male integrity. And yes, I'm a little bit logical of a creature, but you know, like we need logical people. So we have roads and waterways and shit like that. Right. And buildings. <laughs> and men who drive taxis and work in coal mines and. and yeah, you know. exactly. Yeah. And are willing to die at high rates. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Traver. Okay, we got to stop. Okay. Just stop. Like, okay. Okay. <laughs> you can't go. And just... I'm going to let you leave. Yes, <laughs> yes ma'am. We can stop. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, I'd love to continue this conversation because we can, you, just, you know, we just keep talking and talking. But unfortunately, time is up. Like and both yeah, of yeah. us are passionate. Like, you are probably like, you know, your, your glasses are flying everywhere because you're, I'm passionate. I'm like, let's go. Let's just get in there. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. we, we got to finish at some point. So I'm going to finish okay. it here and before you go okay. please tell all the women where can they find about your work and where can they get that book that they can find Beautiful. and understand like how to how to deal with yeah, this yeah. and although and i'm curious what you have to say while you're telling us about this i always tell women because women ask me all the time how do i get him to be more masculine how do i get him to lead and what i tell them is like you don't have to do anything to him or for him if you step into your feminine more and more each day and work on yourself and surrender, he will naturally spring back and get into his masculine and do his work. I mean, you got to trust. If you tell a man, you got to go to a men's workshop. My man would look at me and be like, what? Don't tell me what to do. So I'm curious. You can talk a little bit about that and then tell us how you book. Yeah. You know, here's, here's the way I frame it. Women are, this is one of the things you're best in the world at, is enrolling. And so if there's a way to, one, exactly what you said, soften, there has to be space for the leadership to fill, right? And that is, we like to fill things. We like to put things where there's openings. So create the opening. And women are geniuses at walking men up to a door. But that man has to put his hand on the door handle and he has to turn it himself. And on the other side of that door, if he wants to learn this to the depth of it, has to be another man. And that's hard for women to hear. Like, wait a minute, I can't teach him how to lead me? Nope. And that's why there are books. That's why there are workshops, but you can't push him into it. You can talk about the tiniest, tiniest thing that he does that's leadershipy. You can say these words, oh, do you have any idea how amazing that made me feel? Do you have any idea how safe and protected it made me feel when you did that? And watch one is, is like ears perk up like, oh my God, that was by me. I did that. Holy shit. I want to do that again. And then two, surround him. You can like have him find ways to get resources in front of him. And I'm not just saying this, like buy my book and give it to him. I've sent my book to a lot of men on behalf of women. I've sent, you know, who's bought more of my book than men? Women have. You know who's bought more 10 packs than anybody? Women have. And there's a way to say, read this. It'll fix what's wrong with you as a leader. 
maybe you can fuck me right from now on. Or, oh my God, I read this. This was absolutely amazing. I'd love it if you just leaf through it and see if it grabs you. And then I, I created this book in a fashion. It's designed by a, a genius woman in New York City who put pictures in it, who made it male-friendly, who made it engaging. So it's like half magazine, half book. Because I knew if I just wrote a novel, guys would tune out. Yeah. It had to be visually stimulating. Beautiful. So where, where can we get that book? Only one place right now. It's www.manuncivilized.com forward slash the book. Mm -hmm. That's it. You can find me. At, on, I live and die on Instagram. I, I broken up with Facebook years ago. And that's at Traver Bohm, T-R-A-V-E-R-B-O-E-H-M. And manuncivilized.com has a lot of writing if guys are curious. But I post so much stuff on Instagram. That's where most people find me, connect with me, watch videos, see what I'm up to. I speak very rawly on there, just know. Like I have kind of one speed and one, it's my authentic voice, as you can tell from this interview. I'm not going to pull punches with these guys. Because one, they need to get slapped awake. We do as a species, we do as a society. And I'm not going to pull punches because if I pull one and that damn guy in Indiana who wakes up or Ohio and goes, you know what? Fuck that guy. He's too soft. I'll pick up a gun. And then I've done nobody any good. Yeah. Beautiful. All right, Trevor, we've got to finish up. Thanks so much. Okay. <laughs> we got to go. Thank you, Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, girlfriend, before I tell you how you can share this episode and charge your karmic energy and where to find all the show notes and links to what my guest has just mentioned, I really wanted to extend a personal invitation to you. If you have listened to this episode until the end and you are here with me today, and if you have been listening to episodes of Girl Skill, I know that you have a special connection to me and to the message that I'm bringing into the world about femininity and womanhood and feminine embodiment. And if you do, I have a very personal invitation for you. You know, I know you're here because you crave more. You crave more joy, more radiance, and more freedom. Therefore, you're listening to this podcast to really find what is that feminine path? You're a woman who wants to stand tall on her feet to go for what you want and create a life that would make you wake up with excitement every day. But you're not there yet. You're still looking for an answer, a doorway, and a path. And I've been there, and I know how it feels. That voice in your head that is doubting and questioning, what if I fail? What if it doesn't work? What if he's not the one? That crazy loop, that same ceiling you keep hitting every time, whether it's a pattern of unworthy men, poor decisions, anxiety, or not feeling good enough. Well, the good news is that there is a way out, and I want to show it to you. It's actually a way in into a different kind of path, a different kind of journey, a feminine, powerful path that those women who live in alignment with their feelings and desire have discovered and will never go back to the old ways. The deep knowing and truth that each one of us has, but most of us don't know how to access, that reservoir of infinite wisdom, clarity, and confidence, that flow, ease, and lightness. Would you like to experience that? If yes, I've just opened up my calendar for a few extra one-on-one -on -one free discovery sessions this week, and I'd love to speak to you in person. If you've been reading my post, as I mentioned, listening to this podcast and have an urge to reach out and explore the possibility of coaching with me, this is your chance. So you could apply for your discovery call 
at girlskill.com slash apply, girlskill.com slash A-P-P-L-Y. What we're going to do on this call is actually, and it's free, you know, what we're going to talk to you about is your biggest challenge and what's stopping you from what you want. I'll share some insights with you from my perspective. And if you're open to it and I feel like you're a good fit, I'll tell you more about how we can work together. And before you go, well, before you listen to the show notes and links, I want to tell you that who is this for? This is for women who are in transition and looking for a different way to connect to yourself and your femininity on a deeper level. This is for women who feel that there is something missing despite the fact that they have a perfect life and the perfect perceived success, who want to attract the right partner or enrich your current relationship with a man and create a family, who are tired of doing it all and proving everything to everyone, and who are serious about their self-development and taking their life to the next level of pleasure, magnetism, and a different way of living as a woman, but very importantly, who are ready to invest in themselves financially and who want personalized help and guidance from me. You know, I think that life is too short to live in a female body and life is too short to live this way where we're tired, confused, we don't know what's stopping us. So if this is calling for you, you feel a... Mm, body, yes. If I would be you and you fit in any of this description, I'd jump on call ASAP, girlskill.com slash apply. And I hope to see you on the call. And I'm really here to help women and guide them through this dark, confusing terrain of femininity womanhood and how to live in a world where you just let go and surrender and let things come to you, where you just stop pushing so hard and proving everything to everyone. That's not the way how it's supposed to work. So girlskill.com slash apply. And I'm curious, will this be you? friends, uh, ladies, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I feel like this episode has to be shared with everyone, men and women in your life. So click share right from your podcasting app or and send it to one man in your life that really needs to hear this powerful interview and one woman that really needs to hear these powerful interviews. You can simply share this podcast straight from your podcasting app or send them to girlskill.com slash 142. And this is where you'll find all the show notes and links as well. Keep running with the wolves, lady, because we have some other amazing men coming to the podcast as well. And I shall talk to you next week with another amazing episode of Girl Skill Podcast. And as usual, don't forget to sign up for my free webinar on the live female success at girlskill.com slash webinar, where I'll share my tips and tricks and my journey to becoming a feminine woman and embracing my emotions and attracting a masculine man. All right. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to Girl Skill. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher to never miss an episode. And never forget that your version of success is uniquely yours to live and experience. Until next time, let's continue redefining female success together. Girlskill.com. Female success redefined.